1: pretty much made it my home, my life, my passion. I have other passions, unfortunately, for my sins, I'm an Arsenal supporter and a Shark supporter, so we're gonna do pretty much everything on the show as it pertains to media, marketing, and money, but we don't take jokes about Arsenal or the Sharks.
0: I'm Doug Mateus, uh, the doc on the show. Uh, And again, for those of you who don't know me, I've uh, spent 30 years in in, uh, various companies in South Africa Uh, running uh, different marketing functions and the last job I had I was privileged uh, enough to work with a team that took uh, the brand to the fastest growing brand in South Africa in 2018 with a 47% year on year growth so that was a a great achievement uh, for the team and and, and I'm really proud of that. Uh, From a personal point of view I do a little bit of cycling uh, and also snow skiing so we quite enjoy that but again Uh, Today's discussion is around all things marketing and media. Yep,
1: that's right, Doc. All things marketing and media. No subject too big, no topic too small, no subject too hot to handle. Please get in touch with us on our Facebook page, follow us, like us, whatever it takes. We would love you to be involved with the show. And uh, we really want to make it as inclusive and as energetic as I know this industry is capable of. Welcome back to Radio Advertising, a sound investment. Thanks for joining us for part two of the Docking Guru podcast as we continue our conversation with radio icon Stan Katz and we chat about the return of Stan the Man on his new show, Herding Cats on High FM.
2: So I came up with a slogan, we're in the business of delivering prospects to advertisers and I would say this even to listeners that (laughs) <laughs> Our yeah. job mm. is to get it is to sell you to advertisers yeah. but yeah. we're going to give you a hell of a great ride. Mm. And yeah. Projects.
1: So that that particular mantra I know has informed your book and to our listeners out there, we've got a couple of copies of Stan's book here, uh, which is Radio Advertising and Sound Investment: Ten Key Principles for Maximising Return. And I know that also uh, rolls of the
2: tongue. You're, well, you're, it
1: rolled <laughs> with my false teeth there a <laughs> rather know. badly, I thought. But but I know that's a mantra that, that permeates oh, this yeah. book. It's one of the key thoughts that have driven your interface in the late 80s. You can't overestimate the role that 702 was playing in the entire national narrative it was a focal point
2: well Well, an audio point I should say you were at that time you were a media director and you were one of the first people to latch onto this and to recognize what it was that we were trying to do in fact when we produced a promo video we had you on there I remember that you still had dark hair and I did and I, hair. and I wasn't
1: the most attractive man <laughs> in South Africa I'm quite disappointed I That's thought you were interviewing me for the <laughs> most attractive man replacement
2: that is not my function. But yeah. I can but I can uh, make it for make some inquiry. Yes that you could. <laughs> cool yeah. yeah. Uh, Doc would you would yeah.
0: you like to be St George's oh, old aid home. God, I'll, St. Blessed, George's. I'll pay good money to get a ticket to an
1: event Arbor <laughs> Arbor village and St George's retirement home, I oh. think you'll find a good uh, mm. stake stakeholding there for me.
2: Now the other thing that I think helped change radio or perception of radio in this country was we were a local station now the only other station in the business was capital which sadly never took off because of technical mm, issues mm, mm. there was great talent there and there was great vibe i mean the guys were having a good time they brought them all out from the uk but because of technical difficulties, their signal just... Mm. Well, to yeah, so try
1: and bounce it off at night. But I mean, just, they had yeah.
2: 500,000 watts. You know yeah. how powerful that yeah. is? Cattle that get in the way of that signal mm. fry. Yeah, yeah. So the other thing was when I went around to see agencies, they said, now nah, you're local. The SABC, all the stations then were national or regional. Mm. There was mm. Heifelt, Jacaranda, K- uh Radio Contrae, which was Mm. KFM, uh, Radio Port Natal, they were all regional, so Mm. you covered vast swathes
1: Mm.
2: of territory. And I said, well, that is our strength. If you're regional, you have to cater, or national, you're catering to a whole range of uh, people in the audience, whereas we focus on a very clearly defined geographical area, mm. which mm. we can super-serve. Mm. And we just repeated this, you know propaganda is a litany of the same thing repeated endlessly mm. until they started feeding it back to mm. us, and mm. we go and see ad agencies. Uh, this was before the the days of media agencies, everything mm. was, everything uh, was in
1: one-stop shop, yep.
2: And I think, sadly, I think that's a great pity, but yeah, that's not what we're here to discuss. Yeah. So eventually they repeated back, Yeah, your strength is you guys are local. Yeah, and yeah.
1: So, just a comment on that one stop shop thing, I, I just was reading, uh, um, in on LinkedIn um, that the national average or the international average for uh, Joanna McDowell, I wrote a piece about it, if I'm not mistaken. I worked with her James Yeah, so... At Gray. At gray. So I think the, the global average for the number of, of uh, suppliers that, that marketers have to manage their uh, communication and advertising offering uh, is 65. Six-five. What? The national average in South Africa is 33. Now, how you can... Can make a living out of 33 suppliers who are trying to collate and and craft and curate the a singular suppliers message
2: are advertising suppliers.
1: advertise so that a- you advertising. you're interfacing with 33 yeah. people to come up with a unitary holistic advertising perspective it's a really interesting insight I think it's a nightmare quite frankly you it's can't do it but but back to back to those days so I mean you know, Jobig was the focal point, and at that point you also began to introduce a new thought as well, which was, you know, not just... Uh, I mean, I'm kind of getting ahead of myself on talk the talk, but you began to walk the talk. I mean, events yeah. and things like that also were, were, were oh, unheard of. I'll I mean.
2: tell you what also set us apart. We said uh, community involvement was not just some, a nice thing to do. It was at the foundation of our marketing strategy, yep. to become the hub of the 702 land community, which we'd renamed was the PWV. We renamed it 702 land, and guys still use it occasionally. And 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 book. you forever
1: ruined uh, Land of Hope and Glory for me as a, as a as a celebration of, Sorry, of, look, of look, British imperialism. We'll You've destroyed ha- it, Stan. I'd be
2: happy to know I received death thre- death threats for that, Not least of all from Her Majesty. <laughs> <laughs> But the, the, so we would do, we would raise money for Operation Hunger when the, in winter time. we would raise blankets and food. 40 tons, I remember one winter, we raised 40 tons of food and blankets. So we got so involved with the community that, again, it was fed back to us. When we did focus group research, unprompted, When we'd say, "Why do you love seven? Why do you like Seven O Two Land?" They'd say, "Because Seven O Two cares. You can't get better than that." Mm. I mean, today any brand that can have that type of Mm. response because your brand cares. My God. Yeah, and you also. But
1: I think what was always interesting for me, if if you go back in the case study of Seven O Two, you were the first station that began to kind of promote itself as as a as a destination. So yes. billboards and things like that became a feature. If you were in, in, in the Khateng area, yes. what you saw were these, these cutting-edge billboards and even bus station uh, yes. uh, buses. You yes. know, I always remember one of the payoff lines was you picked up again the narrative that people were feeding back to you. Did you hear what John Burke said this yes. morning? Um, yes. Because that's what people were saying. And that uh, was
2: water cooler.
1: Water cooler um, stuff, yeah. yeah.
2: Now, talk about John. So Izzy had um, contracted an American consultant, uh, also, again, highly experienced guy, and he came here and he said, who's the top guy, top radio man in South Africa on air? Find out who he is and pay him whatever he wants because on a music Mm -hmm. station, the two most important things are music, and mornings get your mornings right get your music right the rest of the day will flow because mm. morning is when you queue mm. the high. it's your highest possible queue yep. is is the morning so Berks was paid the uh, unheard of salary of 250,000 rand a month I mean it was that in itself became <laughs> a talking point but he was worth every penny of it We had, Birx had more listeners to his morning show than Radio 5 had nationally. And remember, Radio 5 was a national station. Mm -hmm. Radio 5 grew out of LM radio. Mm. The government didn't want a foreign station broadcasting into South Africa, so they closed down LM radio and in its place sprung uh, radio today.
1: Radio 5, yeah. Um, uh,
2: Yeah. Radio 5, sorry, Radio Today was another station. Radio 5.
1: Which then morphed into what we now know as 5FM. Correct.
2: Now that was where the change came for us. Springbok Radio, which had been doing incredibly well for many years until the advent of television, because Springbok Radio was block program. The one program had nothing to do with any of the previous or the foregoing program. For example, you'd have Forces Favourites and then you'd have... Uh, hospital like, Tate. I'm hospital so, I've still got
1: deep scars. <laughs> yeah, that's a leak. <laughs> Den er klum lach for jer for hospitaltid ond høv. Vanaf mandag tot fredag om um halv iernes tårn er sikker mod en far, en datter, and søn, together altogether da. There we go. So yes, there's a deep scroll. we're at.
2: Well, we're on this. Would you do some jingles for my
0: new? I've show got, got a new jingle
1: for feast, you, Stan. You want to hear it? All yeah. well, right. Well, let's 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 throw forward a bit. We're going to come back to. Stand the Man on Chai FM on the 14th of August uh, at 2 o'clock is the date you want to put in your diary. And, uh, you know, your show, sure, uh, maybe let's finish off that let's thing, we'll come back. Yeah.
2: <laughs> so, <laughs> the advent of television was signed uh, the fate for radio, uh, mm. for... Uh, Springbok. Springbok. Also, we were taking a lot of money out of the market, 702 was at the time. And you alluded to the outdoor campaign that we ran. Mm. That was hugely successful. Um I appointed Ogilvy, who was Ogilvy and Mayor at the time, or was it Rightford Right still trip, Ogilvy and Mayor. Yeah. And i worked out that the best way to promote radio is television and outdoor. Well television wasn't a proposition because it was national so i said let's dominate outdoor in those days there weren't that many sites no no no
1: you you could own it with a handful yeah and to some degree i don't think it's exaggerating to say that 702 kind of invented the regional uh uh, top end of the market out of home industry was almost invented by 702 at that point
2: so my brief to them was you've got to be able to read those ads at 60ks an hour Mm. And they came up with just amazing stuff. I was a, such, a, such a great client. We also were one of the first people to pay uh, um, a fee instead of the 16%. I said, what is your extraction rate? And they said, we need to extract 4%, which was after all hmm. costs, et cetera. So I said, well, fine. And the reason I did this, I must tell you, is we'd done a lot of uh, – barter with with uh, newspapers and stuff I needed someone to manage that we couldn't cope so I said you've got to manage all our media barter um, and for this we will pay a fee including the work you do for us we will pay on invoice for the creativity I think we'd agreed on it, it was 20% mm-hmm. or something we'll pay on vin- invoice for that and we'll pay you your extraction rate and so we did a deal with them where we're one of the first companies to pay a fee today, it's mm-hmm. yeah. Common. yeah,
1: so I mean, in all of that, we and we, we you know, I think you're right, Doc. Um, I'm suddenly realizing we've got two shows, yeah, there's no way we can do justice <laughs> to this in one show, but um. For me, what was incredible breakthrough, and, and it was to recall the, the tension in South Africa at this point of view. You know, I often reference the Edelbeck Trust Barometer yeah. where 64% of people around the world believe that, in inverted commas, my country, people are incapable of handling, having a civil debate or a civil discussion. That's the current norm. But you, you moved it from that uh, high-energy music into talk which was unheard of but that i think was also the american influence in the background from you that's
2: yeah um go and pick it up yep pick it up from there you're you're absolutely right
0: you're listening to the Dark and the guru proudly brought to you by infinity media
2: so what happened was Springbok closed they had this vast far-flung network of fm uh transmitters mm. right across mm. the country mm. those were handed to radio 5 mm. which as an am station 702 remember at the time was am, AM yeah. radio 5 was am we were going head to head and we were beating them hands down and uh suddenly they handed this fm uh network and we just realized that as a music station, to compete with them would be like sniping Mm. at them with a pea shooter. Mm. We had to do something. And we'd been observing in America uh, AM stations were switching to talk or sport Mm. Mm. and it was the salvation of AM radio because, and just a quick aside, in America, AM and FM uh, stations but AM stations, FM stations were simulcast, in other words, AM gave you your range, FM gave you your clarity, and you could run the same programming on your AM station as you did on your FM station, FCC came in with a new rule, you had to separate them, and you could not carry the same programming on FM as you did on AM, FM went music, AM went talk, mm-hmm. and we saw this happen, we yeah. were watching this happen.
1: Yeah. But I think it was more, there was a social imperative as well. I mean, we needed as a country to start talking.
2: was, and I admit this, slightly opportunistic, but nothing clears the mind. The the lack of alternatives Mm. clears the mind marvelously. I'm quoting uh, Henry Kissinger. So we said, well, what do we do to remain competitive? We can't. Uh, remain competitive against our traditional enemy, which was music, which is now 5FM. How do we remain competitive within the entire arena, not just against one station? So we said, what can't the SABC do and what won't the SABC do? And the answer was there, SABC couldn't open the lines and say what's on your mind. Absolutely. Because content was highly controlled. Correct. Um, What can't they do, what won't they do. So we said all we got to do switch to talk and tell the truth because if you listen to the SABC and at the time and you listen to 702 you'd think it was two different countries. Mm, mm, We mm, were sending mm. our vehicles into the townships and we were reporting from the townships uh i mean when you drive in through one of those townships and people would be yelling viva 702 viva we knew we had mm-hmm. something
1: yeah and that it, it, it was a remarkable transformation um back in those failed. days it could
2: easily it could have fail and six it, yeah. months, i thought uh, the news my my sales people coming to me and saying people in agencies are saying you're crazy you can't do can't we play some music and i had to bite the bullet and Mm. say we're not going to play music we are going to bite the and thank god it worked and
1: it was a tough it was a tough sell if you were in an agency trying to sell to to clients because we don't want to be in a negative environment i was going to
0: ask the question stan i mean you made the point of the the mantra being that you were going to serve the customers with with ads etc and and you're in the really the business of business yeah. as opposed to the business of music and, and all the other ones. So how did that affect it? Did it affect it initially? In other words, did you see a drop-off in, in ad revenue? People exactly like it, Gordon, saying, listen, this yeah, isn't okay. where you want to be, but rather go to five or somewhere else. No, whenever
2: you change formats, there's a drop-off because the mm. people who are listening obviously listen because they like what they're hearing. Mm-hmm. Now you're saying to them, we're not going to be giving you what it was that you like. Mm. We took the decision to change our audience completely. Mm. And so, yeah, there was a... I yeah. was talking
0: about both, the audience drop-off as well as advertisers. Yeah. other you know, yeah. revenue, words, a revenue yeah. drop-off as well. Yeah. But
2: we launched... The, uh, together with the change in format, we launched this extensive advertising mm. campaign. Yeah. Now, the campaign, the advertising, and Gordon picked up on this as well, <laughs> way back at, uh, in the day... That it didn't only work on the audience it worked on the industry mm. that we were ostensibly advertising to listeners but and I remember you saying this to me as well the advert the industry was listening mm. the industry was listening to the station mm. because, as you said, we were dealing with the issues of the day we would we would I'll tell you what we were dealing with at the time. We were dealing with white fear and black aspirations. Mm-hmm. And for the first time in the history of this country, blacks and whites were talking to each other. And it was amazing to hear that basically people want the same thing. They wanted a good life. They wanted a good life for their, their children, an education, uh, a decent future. Whether you, no matter what colour or creed mm. uh, you were, yeah.
1: and I think I, again, not not to you know sort of give all the, the you know the sort of credence to 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 702 for this, but. At that time, then, because of that kind of realisation, that's when we began to uh, start considering things like like LSMs at at that stage because what you wanted was a lens which looked at people who had stuff and people who didn't have stuff but not from a racial perspective. So I think it opened up a a bigger dialogue within the industry which, which, in retrospect... I've realized was triggered by that kind of growing realization that it was insane to continue I mean the fundamental premise of marketing is what do you and I have in common doc not you know what makes us different so we knew everything in in South Africa about what made us different nothing at all about what we had in common and we began to unlock that thought process so I don't think it's a coincidence that the whole LSM thought process evolved around about that, that same time
2: now do you remember just to put this to give it further context newspapers were coming out with blanks where alt- articles had been censored yep. I mean, you'd buy a redacted, newspaper, redacted front page redacted front page yeah. but with, the beauty of radio is it's easier to get forgiveness yeah. than it is to get uh, permission mm. yeah. so we would the government gave us a hard time. We were constantly being called to Cape Town. Uh, and meetings with the uh, Minister of Broadcasting, the Minister of Foreign Affairs, I think it was the same same portfolio, mm. Foreign mm. Affairs and Broadcasting with the same portfolio. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, there was also the Minister of Suspicion, I think his portfolio was, <laughs> I don't remember, and uh, they would tear their hair out. Now what they couldn't do, and the best thing to come out of the Bantustan policy was they couldn't close us down because we were, ostensibly, licensed to a sovereign, independent, mm. sovereign country, yeah. albeit recognized only by the government. Yeah. So they couldn't close. They tried to get us to cut back on what we were doing. They said, we've got to cut back on our community involvement. <laughs> I said, mm. sure. But how do you tell How do you yeah. how do you cut back on that? They um, what else did they try and get us yeah. to do? Oh, they then said uh, your news, you have to uh, curb your your news. So we said, okay, we we'll tell you what, we will submit our newscasts before we broadcast them. said, <laughs> good. We would send them reams and reams of faxes, which it would take <laughs> a room full of people yeah. a month to decipher and interpret, yeah. so that fell by the wayside. Yeah. But it wasn't easy. They, We were broadcasting, and this is the other thing, we were broadcasting from Johannesburg with a line on a landline from the... Post office. The post office provided us with a landline from our studios in Johannesburg to our transmitter in yep. Bapuritson. Sorry, I forgot to mention that we were licensed to Bapuritsana. Yep, yep. And that's how we could do it because they were independent. Yep. Uh we also had pictures of Mangopia and all our offices staring at us from the roof, from the walls. Yeah. So. Well
1: say hopefully staring at you, Sagey. But I mean, all of that is in the past. So let's let's get back to the point. This is the the first, I think, one hour introduction we've ever had to a, a show, Doc. I'm quite impressed with your introduction there, Stan. Is is the return of Stan the Man to the airways because, you know, within a week or two you're gonna be on air with High FM on a on a on a Sunday afternoon and uh, your your show has the, the delightfully appropriate uh, invitation to, to, to listen to you herding cats. Yeah. Tell us a bit about the new show. I mean, you've got a couple of stings. I mean, I'm presuming word perfect. It's going to have what? The hindsight? Well, oh, no, let the, the foresight of...
2: Of a politician, the eyesight of an optometrist, and the hindsight of an proctologist. There we go. <laughs> so, I'll tell you, the f- higher up the ranks I rose in radio... The further away I got from the very reason I got into the business in the first place was I love radio. I love the medium. Um, And don't get me wrong, I love being on the business end of things as well. Uh, It was a great challenge. It was exciting. I could use my BCom. Absolutely. Becom <laughs> yeah. from
1: Wits, uh, not that, you know, uh, we, they're not our sponsors, but from Witz Nochal, it was
2: uh, oh. Oh, they, a, a communist Become. Commu- be Communist. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um, so, where was I? Oh, now, I can't make sense of the world, Gordy, but I can make fun of it.
1: It's a sound perspective, I suggest, yeah.
2: And so, the show will be a combination of music uh probably 80 20 music um and uh, format will be middle of the rock in other words not heavy metal and not uh light pop but somewhere in the middle up tempo positive for a sunday afternoon uh i look at it as my version of a round of golf on a sunday afternoon mm-hmm. it's uh but without the swearing,
1: Stan. Obviously, I don't think you're going to be allowed to swear like the average golfer on chai. Or are you?
2: Uh, I think they keep reminding me it's a family radio. It's a family. So when right. they told me that, although it was the Manson family, but they like, <laughs> disabused <laughs> me of that. <then. Fact. laughs> uh, but
1: I, I, I actually had, I got permission from my old rugby club to to dedicate one of our uh, beer songs to you, Stan. I mean, can I can I run it past you as please. a possible opening? you know you, and I know because Stan and I share the same passion for, for music so it's here we go alright you're ready Stan Stan the sanitary man he is a corporation cleaner of a lavatory pan he lives on bog rolls and sanitary towels he listens to the rhythm of other men's bowels occasionally it may be heard, it's the <laughs> Splish, splash, splash of a falling turd. Splish, splash, and into the pan. He goes, Stan, Stan, the lavatory man eats the shit blues. Oh,
2: yeah. How's it? Could that work? (laughs) I'm I'm happy to entertain (laughs) that. Thank you. That's with the permission of the Morris
1: Rugby All Boys uh, who've allowed me to to sing that song, Uh, Under License. May
2: I say, um, as subtle as falling down a lift shaft. Absolutely.
1: I (laughs) would like to think so.
2: Well, guys, I
1: don't know. Just to say that, you know, as we wrap up here, um, we've got a couple of copies of Stan's book, Radio Advertising and Sound Investment, which we're going to... We'll have a quiz or something, and we're going to give you a chance to win a couple of these books. And I think most people who've worked in radio sales in South Africa have worked through this book and I know a lot of them in Africa as well because Stan, you spent the last decade in Africa but I think uh, it's just great to to have you back and it's great to see you enjoying the, the challenge again uh, to the listeners of Khali FM, good luck <laughs> 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 our thoughts are with you on the Dr. podcast and uh, Doc, i I'm going to leave it to you as the, as the youngster in the room to, yeah. to, to, to wrap it up for us think
0: you're going to get the rabbi giving a shot saying, <laughs> yeah, oh Stan, listen i listen uh, trouble it's <laughs> it's all this thing together, <laughs> but still, I think mean, just thanks. And, and just a short recap and some of those points you're making. And, I mean, your earlier, and we didn't get a chance to chat about it, your earlier experience with your brother in the training business must have stood you in good stead for your work in Africa now. That, those, I'm, I'm just listening to you and some of those pointers you're talking about, tips and tricks, and, and I guess your book has a lot of it in it. You know, those things, and it's almost a circular thing, you are going and We've spoken. So many times on with various guests about young people's careers. Don't say no. Volunteer. Do the graft. Mm, mm, mm. You know. Last week we spoke about the opposite. This handout culture. You know. People saying I'm entitled. So it's interesting that you you know you're working. You're working hard. You're using those skills, and uh, and that's wonderful. That uh, you know you you're giving back uh, again now behind the mic uh, on on radio. You,
2: you know, the word that has driven me all my life is passion and I, 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 I know you've got to wrap up I'll just give you one last um, anecdote I was earning 250 rand a month as administrative assistant at Swazi Radio and a friend of the family offered me a job at Regent Ties I don't know if you remember Regent Ties I think were only tie factory in the mm. country Regent Ties and cravats Uh, It was double the salary, I would get shares and eventually I would take over as CEO and I went to see my uncle, who was my mentor. I've been very lucky to have mentors throughout my career. I've been uh, helped and hindered by powerful people. I went to see him and I told him my dilemma, quandary, and he said, do you like what you're doing? And I said, I love what I'm doing, he said, well, if you pursue the money the money will elude you, but if you do what you love to do, it'll be a labor of love and you will put in the extra time and the extra effort because it's a labor of mm-hmm. love. Mm-hmm. I went back to uh, Swazi and I said, Listen, guys, I just want to tell you this. I'm not holding a pistol to your yeah. head. Yeah. Uh, I was offered and i decided I'm going to stay. They doubled my salary. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah. you yeah. know, so the, the, today you are talking about this. Uh, a, a environment of entitlement. If someone isn't a creative director in an agency by the age of 25, mm. they want to leave the industry. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: No. yeah. So just coming back, I mean, I suddenly realized you always had one benchmark. You said you can always tell a, a decent radio man. In your case, there was one Definition You said you know that you're a radar man because every time you drive under a bridge,
2: (laughs) you stop talking, (laughs) your your voice cuts out. (laughs) Radio's in my blood, radio's
1: in your blood. That was always your mantra, I've never forgotten that was your payoff line.
2: I was also going to tell you, I was almost late today. I was running so late, I had to read the newspaper in the shower. Doc, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Try and top that. Great, up. Jesus go good. And this
0: is probably the easiest. I mean, if you had to add up the amount of time we spoke, it is uh, nothing, you know. So, Stan, thanks very much for your time. You're uh,
2: Thank you, and thanks for the plug for the show. Yeah, I'm, I'm nervous as hell, I must tell you.
0: Um, but- but it's interesting, man. It's it's, it's a thing, you know, you speak to, to cricketers uh, and top guys mm. who've played mm. and, and they go out and you say, are oh, you nervous? And they say, so a little bit anxious. You know, you want to get your feet moving. You say, but you've scored 5,000 test runs. You said, but I haven't scored today. You know, and that's mm. the thing. You've got to yep. get the ball, it's start okay. middling it. And, and I guess, and the, and the nice thing about that mm. is it's not that complacency, just pitch up. I don't really... Care, uh, top thing I do, I care deeply. I'm a little anxious, Uh, I'm not scared, I'm just keen, I'm excited, so it's wonderful. Uh, And and again, for not just young listeners, Gordon, but for all listeners, is to have that little bit of keenness still, you know, to find that moment of excitement, uh, and that you don't just go through the motions rather than find something else where you do find that moment of, of, I want to get my feet moving.
2: I've never done a show where I didn't feel nervous before I cracked the mic. Mm. Somebody, a great actress, I forget who, I wish I'd remember the name, said, I still get butterflies in my stomach, but at least now they fly in formation. Yeah, yeah.
1: Well, Sam, I mean, we, we don't have, do you have your wrap-up line for the show? Can we have a pre-release? That was it. That was it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, let us. So, to all our listeners out there, thanks for, for flying information with us, and uh, we really appreciate the time you've given us, and we'll, uh, we'll chat to you next week. Ciao for now.
0: And so that was another episode of The Doc and the Guru. Please don't uh, forget to get hold of us on Facebook. Like us, follow us, uh, subscribe to the podcast. And then from my side, you can get hold of me on LinkedIn, Dr. Doug Mataz. I'm uh, very active and very keen to hear about your views uh, and certainly will respond. And hopefully we can bring that into the show.
1: Thanks, Doc, and it's uh, Gordon Miller, the guru, signing off. Thank you for being with us and listening into this podcast today. You can pick up the discussion with me on my Twitter handle, at Mzanzi Media, and I'd love to engage with you on any of the issues that we've taken on in the show. And take us at our word, this is really going to be an open forum. There are no subjects that are taboo, and we'd love to have some of the younger, more under-listened, if that's the correct phrase, uh, voices to join us uh, in this discussion. Thanks for your time.
0: The Dark and the Guru, proudly brought to you by Infinity Media, incubating innovative businesses in the media industry.